Hello, everyone. This is Realtor Linda Pelt. I'm with EXP Realty. Today, I'm here with David. He's going to tell us a little bit about his company and what he can do to help us. Take it away, David. All right. Thank you, Linda. So my name is David Schwegel. I am currently helping out a nonprofit organization called the U.S. High-Speed Rail Association. They are a Washington, D.C.-based nonprofit building widespread public business and political support for a major investment in a nationwide high-speed rail network. And I feel the timing is right because here in the Fresno Clovis area, we have had a lot of fits and starts since the groundbreaking in 2015. We have not been able to realize the extraordinary potential for the high-speed rail project. It has gotten so out of hand that Fianna Ma says, hey, look, can we rethink the California high-speed rail project a bit so that we can perhaps duplicate a little more of the successes that Brightline has seen in Florida? So in a nutshell, in my perspective, because I actually moved down here from the Sacramento area in March of 2019, to manage change orders on the high-speed rail project. And that, would, that offer was extended to me after the federal government made it crystal clear that they're gonna claw back a billion dollars on the project, which they oh, did. Wow. And uh, ultimately my position got eliminated. The root cause, as I see it, with high-speed rail not moving forward as aggressively as it should, and with the citizens of Fresno and Clovis not being delivered the promises that were made to them is poor social perceptiveness skills within the architectural engineering and construction profession. The fix is to recognize by rewinding the tape say to 2008 to 2012, all of the volunteers, particularly from schools like CSU Merced, or UC Merced and CSU Fresno. They had their I Will Ride High-Speed Rail Alliance student chapters, and they testified before High-Speed Rail between 2008 and 2012 on what this project means for their generation. Specifically, they said, this is our term. This is our system. Previous generations gave you the transportation infrastructure you enjoy. It is your turn to give to our generation. We'll pay for it. Just get it up and running because this defines how we will access our employment and vacation destinations. They were not paid a dime for their advocacy efforts. And keep in mind, they traveled up from places like CSU Fresno to San Francisco. They traveled from places like UC Merced up to San Francisco to convey that message to the High-Speed Rail Authority Board. And at that time, back in April, 2012, I was a, a full-time volunteer advocate for Californians for High-Speed Rail. And do you foresee it is ever getting complete? I see if we have a major change in social perceptiveness among the A&E profession. And right now I see the A&E profession having a social perceptive grade of a D. If we could bring that grade from a D to an A, I see us making traction. But what happens is the A&E profession is very detail-oriented. 
very, very few people even serve the profession in professional associations. Very few of them actually walk the halls of the Capitol and talk about the benefits of infrastructure to the various lawmakers within their districts. And that unfortunately is a key reason why we are missing the mark. Now, as a counter argument, I did have the pleasure of working for Precision Civil Engineering, their headquartered in downtown Fresno. They were the regional consultant on the Merced to Sacramento section. And our public outreach subconsultant was the Valines Group. And I'm not sure if Mike Valines was actually an assembly member or just worked in the assembly, but he had an amazing ability to connect with people that the other consultants uh, did not have. I was actively engaged in a whole bunch of uh, professional associations. We had Ken Vang. Ken Vang had an amazing ability to remain calm, cool, and collected during very tense times. And even though he had had no prior high-speed rail experience, he was a very fast learner. And so I'm pleased to say that the $1 million that was one of the smallest contracts ever awarded by the High-Speed Rail Authority, the $1 million that um, was invested in precision civil engineering's effort on the Merced to Sacramento section was by far the most efficient use of taxpayer funds I have ever seen. But the fix is that we need to recognize the metric that matters. The metric that matters is not how much money these consultants can make. The metric that matters, as was indicated in the state auditor's report by Elaine Howell back in 2018, around November, is the expedited delivery of state-of-the-art infrastructure making optimal use of taxpayer funds. And now sadly- how can my viewers um, help out in that area? How can we as a, as a society jump in there and be of service to uh, maybe the, the high-speed rail or to our community in general to get some of this complete for our younger generation? I know on the realtor side, a lot of the properties and different things have been sold to them and the plans put in place and some of these places that were bought up to put the high-speed rail and different things are vacant and kind of just sitting there waiting, no, nothing can be done with them, that sort of thing. So what can my viewers step in and help with? All right, great question, Linda. For starters, get over to Fresno City Council meetings and Fresno County Board of Supervisors meetings and reinforce to them the importance of retrofitting all of these historic structures in downtown Fresno that date back to the Great Depression area, retrofit those into housing, citing success stories such as what Worldmark did with the Camlin Hotel in downtown Seattle, retrofitting a old abandoned hotel into vacation condominiums. Housing is a huge crisis. Now, two years ago, when I moved down here from Sacramento, Fresno Clovis was the best kept lifestyle affordability secret in all of California. Unfortunately, uh, with COVID uh, and everyone's brother moving into this area now, that is no longer the case. The second is in our testimonies before Fresno City Council and the Fresno County Board of Supervisors, we need to remember that this high-speed rail project was built on the backs of volunteers, primarily college students who uh, went above and beyond their studies to travel to high-speed rail board meetings in San Francisco and Sacramento and talk specifically about what this project means to their generation. 
we need to remember that as a society, we need to be giving to the next generation. We need to be investing in the next generation. And we need to remember that the messaging that came out of the millennials, namely, this is our turn, our system, previous generations have given you the transportation infrastructure you enjoy. It's your turn to give to our generation. We need to remember those were volunteers. And to quote former High Speed Rail Authority Board Chairman Dan Richard, he likes to say, this is for you. Hopefully we'll get to write it too. We need to remember that. And we also need to remember when we're in these hardworking, um, hard-pressed, deadline-locked, um, stressful consulting environments, that yes, it's important to make company money for the company, but we need to be making money for the company by doing good, by focusing on the metric that matters. And I personally have been before the High Speed Rail Authority Board many times talking about the metric that matters being the expedited delivery of state-of-the-art infrastructure making optimal use of taxpayer funds. Unfortunately, there have been years and years of missed deadlines and cost increases. And it's progressively harder to get the public back on board. And so the High Speed Rail Authority Board and all the people who are tuning into those board meetings throughout the world need to hear from the public the metric now, that do we have a list on your website or anything that we could get a hold of? I know as a realtor standpoint, I know it would be valuable. I know they listed Fresno, California as the hottest market out there right at the moment, wow. but we do not have the housing to accommodate what, what, our, what our local people are, much less all the investors coming in and we cannot um, sustain the people that we have with the housing that we have available, I do know that the, the high-speed rail would definitely um, bring in more people and it would make our lives easier. But in the same respect, the, the retrofitting of the historic buildings downtown or, you know, even in my opinion, if we could get some investors in here that could retrofit some of our commercial buildings, it's going to go empty since this COVID kind of took place. I know that um, we have a lot of empty commercial buildings just sitting out there. And yet we're, we're literally struggling trying to find enough housing for all our people. I know today alone, we had nothing get listed yesterday, nothing in the residential side. And it's like, so I did statistics here a couple of weeks ago and literally we are so short on homes. We don't even have a month's supply of living, affordable living, uh, living in general. It doesn't not, we're including the not so affordable living, but we just don't have enough places available for all the buyers coming in. So I, I would say the key point I'm taking out of this being a realtor is uh, start um, going to some of the meetings and demanding, you know, some retrofitted uh, units come come about to to meet the su supply and demand of all our housing that we need. I mean, the builders are booked out. There's wood, you know, just getting the cost of wood is outrageous. To where the builders are struggling getting products in to to manufacture new homes. I mean. We're struggling in all areas. Now that's coming from my perspective as a realtor and seeing the problems out in the community and dealing with my little small world of just helping people buy and sell their homes, you know, and, and that's a huge problem. But in the, the respect of the high-speed rail, I don't think, 
I do know that we've sold a lot of the homes that was needed to accommodate the high-speed rail and we've lost that housing. And I do think it's an important factor in society to get that complete. But I don't think, I think we need to hit it from other angles and get more housing and that will help with the high-speed rail getting back on board. I mean, it's all kind of fitted together in my opinion. So is there a list on your website or someplace where my viewers could go and they could, they could get days and times of some of the, these meetings to get proactive and start advocating for more housing in our community and start advocating for you know this high-speed rail to get back on track and start moving our community forward in, in life and get it uh, working a little smoother than what it is for these daily lives of our viewers? Yes. So you touch on a lot of great points there. For starters, www.hsr.ca.gov. Right now their meetings are virtual. Public comment participation is absolutely essential. Talk to Leanne Eager of the Fresno EDC. She has been testifying before HP Rail uh, many more years than I have. Now, in my days of testifying for High Speed Rail, most of the time I was living up in the Sacramento area, Leanne actually had to drive from Fresno all the way up to Sacramento to talk about how, hey, this High Speed Rail, it is the opportunity of the lifetime for the Central Valley. And her presentations were so intriguing that the High Speed Rail Authority specifically uh, posted videos of her particular testimonies. Uh, we yeah, are those on your point. website or someplace okay. where we kind of take uh, so, a look at the testimony? Okay, so actually the best website for starters is www.ushsr.com. So there's where you're going to find all the testimonies from people throughout the cool. world that are actually benefiting from high-speed rail systems. For us here in the Valley, we need to rethink real estate. www.tod.org, where we have a huge influx of housing, lodging, entertainment establishments, uh, commercial establishments, uh, businesses, all within walking distance of the train station. Now you can catch a glimpse of what that might look like by going to the Salesforce Transit Center in San Francisco and taking a walk around that particular area. That is a glimpse for what downtown Fresno could become. The idea is that we need to get a whole bunch of housing in downtown Fresno within walking distance of the train station so that people can save a lot of money on utilities, they can save a lot of money on transportation, they can save a lot well, of money on public. Own cars. Yep. So rethinking that, we want to keep an eye on what's going on in San Jose. I hear finally Google is going to be building a big, uh, massive transit-oriented development project in and around San Jose's Diridon Station, which is actually, once that TOD is built out, uh, Diridon Station is supposed to be even more spectacular and grand than the Salesforce Transit Center in San Francisco. And one of the features of the Diridon Integrated Station concept that Google is building on aggressively is they're going to have a people mover from the Diridon Station to the San Jose airport. What this means for us here in Fresno is we need to have a people mover from our downtown area to the 
fat airport. Uh, don't be embarrassed by the fact that our airport is uh, FAT. We need to be proud of the fact that we have a fat airport. And then we also we're need- healthy and happy. <laughs> yes. And we need electrified passenger rail systems to serve these national parks. Yosemite, Kings Canyon, Sequoia. We really need to build on the fact that this is the best kept lifestyle affordability secret in California, uh, although not as much so as it was when I moved here in 2019. And believe me, here in Clovis, I'm getting hammered by this gentrification. The housing prices have just gone through the roof. And so now I'm under a lot of pressure. Okay. housing for all you buyers, you're fighting over them. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a renter right now. Five to 15 offers per home. I mean, we're yeah. so short homes right now. They're arguing over who gets them. <laughs> yeah, so right now, I mean, um, my landlord basically said, uh, buy the house or get out. <laughs> so that's why I'm so desperate to get the start date from BART as deputy project manager, because once I get the start date, then they can actually uh, move forward with the process. But wow, the housing prices, I'm very encouraged to see such a demand for housing now in Fresno, but I do want to tie this into the larger high speed rail project and build on one of the success stories that we so, saw within the Cascadia mega region up in the Seattle, Washington area. I actually, back when I was Fresno County traffic engineer, took a few days off work. This was back in November of 2019 to drive 929 miles all the way up to Redmond, Washington, Microsoft headquarters. I hardly had a dime to my name, but I wanted to learn what the Cascadia mega region was doing right when it came to high-speed rail. Specifically here in California, we've been trying for 10, 15, 20 years to get tech companies to invest in the project. No dice. And that was even confirmed when I met with San Jose Mayor Sam Ricardo in August of 2019. And I said, hey, look, Cascadia mega region, we have Amazon, we have Microsoft. They're throwing a whole bunch of money at this high-speed rail project. Microsoft, they have their headquarters in the Seattle area. They have offices in Vancouver, BC. They have offices in Portland, Oregon. They're investing so much money in this high-speed rail system because they realize that by bringing all these offices closer together, that will uh, they'll get a return on their investment tenfold, hundredfold. And I asked Sam Ricardo well, we about that. We do have Amazon here in Fresno now, so that's we a do. start, right? Uh, that is a start, yes. But specifically, the takeaway I had from the meeting with Mayor Sam McCarter, he said, well, the tech companies here in the Silicon Valley just haven't seen the value in investing in the Central Valley. So the fix to that is that we need to rethink our key industry here, agriculture. We need to think in terms of ag tech. We need to think in terms of vertical farming techniques. And we need to look at each one of those tech companies in the Silicon Valley and talk in terms of... Uh, how they can fit into the new ag tech economy up here in Fresno. And we need to think in terms of what the Brookings Institution told Sacramento when they said, hey, Sacramento, your economy just is not performing. They said, look at the intersection of food, agriculture, and technology as a sweet spot for economic prosperity. So like we'd have like mobile apps to be able to uh, handle the irrigation systems on the uh, farms. We would have uh, mobile apps to be able to uh, manage uh, various aspects of the farms. We'd have like traffic operation centers uh, throughout the and valley. And the training to, to handle all that newer technology, right. because you can understand our, uh, it's a, a lot of our older generations handling the agricultural right now. So we need to encourage our young people that it is a beneficial um, environment for them as, as they get older and train them to kind of start taking over in this more upgraded 
like you say, with the tech industries and different things, take over these farms and show them how to be more productive and, and make, make a, a sustainable living for themselves, you know, because right now it's a, a lot of our older generations and they do things a lot of the older way. I even seen that in the real estate world through this COVID. I, I seen our industry moving towards the tech, tech giants and the, the online and we are doing business very different than what it used to be done in the, the traditional uh, brick and mortar brokerages. Now, keep in mind, I had firsthand, my grandmother was a realtor a hundred years ago and the way she was a realtor versus the way our industry works, which is total tech, total online. I mean, some of these other industries are, are in the same boat as, as our industry. It's just ours got through in there, I think, a little bit faster because we're such a, a, a stability of life. We, I mean, everybody has to have a house over their head. But in the same respect, all these industries, including the uh, agricultural and, and some of those that are affecting your high-speed rail and the housing and different things around here, all that has to be moved into the future. And tech is the answer to a lot of that, to making it sustainable living for these people. So the training has to be there for our younger generation that's gonna be taking all this stuff over and keeping our world going for us as, as we age out, you know, the world has to move on. So yeah. the training is so important in that respect. And I think that's, you know, I, I think the key is starting with our young people Absolutely. and, um, you know, our stronger young people, our, our young people that are uh, moving into the future and becoming a vital part of society and making the world a better place. Not necessarily the ones that are our troublemakers, but right. our, our, <laughs> our children that are, 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 looking to make our world a better place and become something um, productive in our world. Those are the ones we need to start with and give them, you know, a lot of the training that they need and, you know, the encouragement to keep moving forward in making this yes. world a little bit better place for us. But definitely, I, it's so cool that the colleges got involved. My son was up at uh, Fresno State, and he was involved in a lot of that high-speed rail stuff. Highly sought after young man, but he's there again, one of those go-getters. But I think it's crucial that our young people out there, especially our viewers maybe that, that took the time to watch this, get involved, get over to the websites that David yes. mentioned, find out the times, get involved. This is your community, people. Absolutely. Take it back. Get the housing that we need. Get this high-speed rail uh, back on track. Get the BART going. You know, get our society moving forward to where it benefits our inhabitants here. I think right. that is hugely key, and I do think it starts with our younger generation. I'm so pleased mm -hmm. to hear that the colleges was so involved with it. Yes, I think Steve. we're going to have to wrap, wrap up just a little bit, David, here. Why don't you... Uh, Make sure you get me all that those websites over to me, maybe text it to me or something, and I'll make sure, sure. I'll include this with our article that we're going to uh, write about this, and um, hopefully we can see some change in the future. Make sure you include sure. your phone number, too. If you want to give it out to our viewers, feel free. Okay. You know, you want to talk to anybody or, or kind of give them a clue on what's going on, feel free to leave that. 
But uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up today and we'll put it out there and hopefully some of you viewers will get involved a little bit. Sounds great. Thank you so much. One final closing comment, solar power panels on the farms, sell the power to the high speed rail authority to power the train. Think in terms of how giving up farmland is actually a benefit. Uh, repurpose some of that farmland for solar power panels and wind turbines to power the train, sell the power to the high-speed rail authority to power the train, make money off this high-speed rail. Thank you, Linda. You know, that's a very good point. I came out of Kansas. I was out there for about 12 years. They intermingled all that. So you would see the cows underneath all the big wind turbines with the big solar panels in the background. It was quite interesting, actually. But you would drive through, you know, Kansas is very rural, the biggest percentage of the state and heavy, heavy agricultural out there. And it was such a, an interesting landscape, you know, it was like, oh, there's the cows and they look so little. <laughs> and there's the big, huge wind turbines. And then you would be on the highways, they have beautiful interstates out there in, in Kansas I, compared to California's, but it was so interesting to drive down the interstate. You see these like huge, huge semis with these massive, it kind of looked like a big torpedo or something. It was those big wind turbines. They were putting in a big wind turbine farm somewhere and you'd see these massive trucks going by with these huge, huge, they'd be two, three trucks long sometimes, you know, of these huge missile looking things. <laughs> so it was like, oh, new wind farm going in somewhere. So they yeah. intermingled out there a little bit more than I, I see us in California in our yes. particular agricultural area that we do, but there's no reason that we couldn't do something along that line. We have definitely plenty of sun. So that is a very good, very good point to make is we could be doing more. I know that uh, in the real estate world, which is of course where I'm familiar with is they are mandating all our newer homes have the solar power Yes. Yeah, so uh, at, at some point, I foresee them right now. It's not mandatory on you know homes that it, that are existing, but at some point, I foresee us as making it mandatory that everybody has to have solar at some oh, point. Yeah. I don't know when save, that time will come, but I save four hundred to a thousand dollars every month on PG&E bills. <laughs> That's probably the biggest argument for going solar because uh, PG&E is not cheap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, PG&E. So That's so true. Well, it was lovely meeting you today, David. Thank Likewise. you so much for joining me. And this is Realtor Linda Peltz. My number is 559-353-4556. I'm here for all you and your friends' real estate needs and questions. Just give me a call or text, whatever works with your communication style. I will leave David's information down below. I hope sure. everybody has a tremendous day. And I will see you on the next video chat. Have a great right. day. Okay. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Linda.